So here we are talking about coaching. Uh, I'm Yannick. I'm here with Nikki and Sivash. Hello. Hi. Um, we have a question that could become a bigger question, but we do have 10 minutes left. So let's see what we can do. The question is, uh, well, the question was worded uh, in a lot more words, but I think the essence of the question is, is a coaching supervisor also invariably a role model? Right. So when you work with a coaching supervisors, many do, many don't. Uh, but like often the dynamics that I seem to pick up when I explore people's or coaches' relationships with their supervisors is that there's a role model function. And I train a lot of supervisors as well. And uh, they're being faced with that. Right. You work with a client and they've chosen you as a supervisor. So what usually happens is they do look up to you in some way. Right? They appreciate the supervisor for the kind of coach that the supervisor might be. They might like their theoretical perspective or they might like their, their lens on the work. Maybe they like their social media output. Maybe they like their values and their beliefs or maybe they just like them as people. I mean, the relationship with the coaching supervisor, similarly to the relationship with a coach, it's also a human-to-human -human relationship. So when you work with someone And I think we can also look at this from a coaching angle, right? Is the coach maybe a bit of a role model? But I think in supervision, it's a lot more tempting that that's going to happen. So uh, when you work with a supervisor, when you choose a supervisor, does the role model aspect come into this? I, I, I think it does. Right? So if you, it's a role model, someone who you like to imitate, and especially if I'm looking at a supervisor, And I want to, you know, upgrade my professional standards. And I want to have someone that I can imitate or someone that I can see. And for, for me, it's really similar in, in coaching, and even in mentoring. It's finding someone whose character I can relate to or the way they show up in the world. But specifically, I think as a supervisor, yeah, there, there will be areas for me that, It's, it's not black and white, like, oh, this is someone that I'm going to copy or I need to model exactly everything. For me personally, I like it also if they have a style that's not exactly aligned with me or if they bring a different way of thinking. But I think naturally part of that is like, yeah, I want, I want someone that I can see that, for example, operates at a very high level professionally or that, that has that experience. <coughs> Yeah, that, that's what's coming up for me. Yeah, I feel that's kind of drifting into mentoring then. You know, mm -hmm. is this a coach mentor that you're looking for? Or maybe you might want to work with a coach to emanate them. Uh, supervision goes a lot beyond that. And I think as a good coach would also not need to be better at something than you are, right? Uh, I think if the coach gives you a good a good place to think, and they're good at coaching, they don't need to necessarily be better or have built a more successful business than you. But yet the selection criteria for coaches are often, well, I want to work with someone to help me build my business. So I'm going to choose someone who's built the kind of business that I would want to build. You know, that makes a lot of sense from the selection process, from the client perspective. But I think it gets tricky because they might be looking for mentoring and also there's now all these dynamics at play and all these power dynamics at play that are not really conducive to the work. Yeah, 
I think in supervision, the, the few times I've chosen a supervisor, I, w- I wasn't really aware of the size of their business or where their business was. So I, I th- maybe it differs. It, it, maybe it's different from person to person, but usually I look at how much, how long has this person been into coaching, you know, and what is their kind of track record. But again, I, I'm I'm thinking maybe maybe I'm looking at the world role model in a different way, but. Usually I'm looking at it as like, is this someone that I would like to model in some way? Nikki, what do you think? Gosh, I'm now breaking down the question a lot more because, yeah, I'm hearing your conversation. <laughs> is a supervisor invariably a role model too? Um, I haven't I haven't worked with a supervisor to date, but it's something that's constantly on my mind. But like you might know from other episodes right now, my time is divided between surf coaching and coaching and more on the surf coaching side. So it hasn't felt like something that makes sense for me right now. If I were to look for a supervisor, I'm just kind of putting myself in that position. Would I look to someone who is invariably a role model too? I mean, I think that would be really helpful because I would imagine that working with someone who I also consider a role model would have lots of extra benefits over working with a supervisor who I maybe didn't see in that same lens also as a role model, but is ne- is is one therefore a better supervisor or not? I think that's almost could be, it's uh, almost also a different set of skill sets. So the word invariably is maybe throwing me off. I don't think it's invariably a role model. I think it can be and probably can be also a nice thing. But like you were saying a bit like in that conversation, does it then get a bit confused with mentoring and things? Hmm. Oh, I'm curious, I guess, from your perspective, Yannick, who, I think you do a lot of supervision. Do you see, do you think people look at you as a role model too? Is that specifically why they choose you? Or like, well, yeah, I'm curious more about your take on it, really. Yeah. Um, I just want to refer back to the, you know, if you had a supervisor as a surf coach, and I think everybody would do well with a supervisor, uh, but I think the word supervisor isn't particularly well, uh, such a, it's not the best term for what it actually is. Because it still implies that somebody is super, somebody is above you, and and not in the way that, oh, somebody can be on the balcony and also dance with me on the stage, and they can offer an outside perspective of what they're experiencing while they're in the dance, you know, super helpful. But if I were a surf coach and I would choose someone to help me reflect on my practice, what do I actually want? And I think it's very different when you choose the world's best surfer to be your surf coach or your surf coach supervisor because that I would probably want to emanate them. I would probably want a lot more from them. I would want them to give me a lot more input. Whereas the kind of supervision that I came to like and love is where somebody holds space for you to reflect on your practice. So if I can free myself from this person is much better at me at this than me and I want to be like them and I have a long way to go. I'm going to relate to them very differently than when I I sit down with someone and they ask me reflective questions. What was that like to be in the water with that uh, client? You know, how did I feel? What other options came to your mind? Because then I can free myself from just tell me, <laughs> just tell me what I need to do better. I mean, <laughs> I, t- I tell you what I've done and then you tell me how to be more like you. Uh, I think that's a dangerous dynamic. Because then you're not really developing your own style and you're less likely going to innovate and you're less likely going to have an authentic practice 
You know, if it's someone who's much better, a bit like money back guarantees that we talked about earlier in the recording session, right? In the earlier episode, uh, it can lower the obstacle to enter. If there's somebody that you're looking up to, much easier to say, yes, I want to work with you. Um, but I think I, it much, it's much better for the coach to work with a supervisor when that dynamic isn't at play necessarily, when there's somebody who's really good at holding space for you and making you think about how you do things, but without a particular agenda on how things should be done. You know, And when we see somebody as a role model, there's invariably, <laughs> I've added that word actually, um, I think there's invariably something that screws with that dynamic. There's some implication of that person knows it better than me. And I, I in, on, in some level, I just want them to tell me. And if I can free myself from that, I think I'd receive better supervision. I think I can really see how that dynamic, yeah, is different. So yeah, um, I think it would be a different relationship. Which I think, you know, both again can get, you can gain something out of, but I see how it makes the things more blurry. So I see, I yeah, and I take to heart the point you're making. Yeah, when you ask about me, I I work quite hard to meet supervisees at eye level, right? But I want to I wanna arrive quite quickly at, look, I'm just another human being. Yes, I might have, you know, a decade or two decades more coaching experience than you, but I don't think that shit matters. You know, yeah, it matters and it also doesn't matter. And to get clear on what that means, that it matters and doesn't matter, uh, I think is very important because I want my clients to develop their own authentic practice and this is their journey and I, I don't want to put myself in the mentor role. Uh, in With the rocket supervision framework, yes, there is a mentoring element to that and we can switch often quite fluidly between it. But I'm constant. It's much harder because I constantly need to negotiate those boundaries and those dynamics. Because once you open the door into mentoring, it's difficult to close it again, right? So how can we have a balance? How can I help you develop your own authentic practice and also put some information on the table that I have from experience or from other coaches' experience? Um, and and so it's just it's harder work when you have someone looking up to you. So I think it's really important to have that contract in place in the beginning that, look, I, I don't really know anything. I mean, I know some stuff, but this is what I know. And I want to help you know things for yourself because only then can you be really grounded, really empowered in your practice, really confident. You know, if, if they constantly think that they have to be like me or they have so much work to do, I don't think it's helpful to them. So I'm very careful when I notice that somebody's putting me on a pedestal or somebody's really looking up to me. And I try to work with that dynamic so that we can we can be back in partnership. If one partner is looked up to, then that's difficult partnership. It's certainly not the yeah. kind of partnership that I would want. Yeah, and I think it can even get in the way of coach or the supervisor in this case, because it's almost that dynamic of the thing in transaction analysis. They talk about that, right? Where one goes into parent, the other goes into child. We want to bring it back to where we're both adults. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and a role model doesn't necessarily have to be adult-child kind of relationship, right? I think it's okay that somebody looking up to me for certain things that I've done or how I work or what I've achieved, but I want to make sure that I also, you know, be vocal about what I'm looking up to them for. You know, so that that we have, I mean, nobody's really equal, equal. I think people have many individual differences, 
Um, but I think it's a, we can level, we can meet at eye level while you have some things that you look up to for me and vice versa. So as long as we get that kind of balanced, then it's okay. But like whenever there's a dynamic of role modeling in the coaching or in the supervision relationship, I'm sure many coaches have that as well. Clients look up to them for things that they've done or their social media output or how successful they seem to be or are, you know, then coaching gets more difficult when those kind of dynamics emerge. Hmm. And I think that's all the time we got on that topic. <laughs> Um, we do need to close this here. Thank you so much for your input. Um, I'm, I'm sure we could have more of that conversation, but I hope that was useful to people. Uh, I wonder how people choose their supervisors. So if you're out there listening to this and you've worked with a supervisor, or maybe you haven't and you're considering it, I'm really curious about how that is being done because only then can we kind of become more aware of the implications that that have and the dynamics that we're creating. So I think it's good for people to think about it and I, I'm curious to hear it as well. Well, thank you. Let's stop here. Thank you for being with us today. I appreciate your commitment to learning and growing as a coach. Just a few things before you go. First of all, we're doing this for you. So if there's anything you'd like us to talk about, do send us a question. Secondly, We're not doing this for profit, so we rely on your support to help us reach as many coaches as we can. So if you can send this episode to a friend or tell a fellow coach uh, about what we're doing here, maybe you can subscribe or leave us a review or even support us on Patreon. Um, that would be amazing. And lastly, you can find us across all major platforms. So uh, whether you like to watch or you like to listen or you like to download episodes and listen to it uh, in your car while you're driving through somewhere with no internet, uh, you can do so too. Um, and that's it from us. Thank you and I hope to see you next time.